Box and the Bagel is a production of Kenjamin Media, a curated series of conversations about things that matter. For more information about our podcast, please go to KenjaminMedia.com. Can I just do one off the cuff right now? Riff. Go ahead, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, it's Joshua Beckett, co-host of the Locks and the Bagel podcast. I'm here with Kenny. Say hi, Kenny. Hi, Kenny. So predictable. Um, (laughs) I was hoping that maybe if you, the listeners, know somebody that you think we would like talking to, let us know. Oh, you're talking about introducing guests into the podcast. Yes. That's a whole other kettle of fish is my... uh, well, I was going to say, as my grandmother used to say, but she never said that. I said that, but I like to reference it as if my grandmother said it. it feels Ascri- like a ascribing ascribing things to, to old dead Jews is is always a good bad. Never bad. Never bad. 503-770-0263. Okay, awesome. Thank you for that, my friend. On today's podcast, in, in this uh, wonderful season two of the Locks and the Bagel podcast, and they said we'd never get past season one. All those naysayers back in the begin in the gulag, in the shtetl, they said we'd never do it. The gainsayers. What? what am I talking about? I don't know. You know what I was thinking the other day? Like, I need to start drinking. You know, you know I've never been a big drinker, and I, I, I can't even remember the last time I got drunk. It may have been decades. And I'm not a huge fan of getting drunk. I just don't like the feeling. I think I maybe I need to start drinking. This needs to be like my my post-pandemic or or middle to post-pandemic. A resolution for myself is to start becoming a heavy drinker. Mm-hmm. What do you think as a coping mechanism? No, I don't. I don't as a <laughs> as a, I'm not sure that I'm down with that as just a sort of a daily coping mechanism. But you know, but I do. But here's here's a question for you. Okay. Uh, it, this is this wasn't going to be my big question, but maybe maybe it can be. If I, I have another one, but but maybe this could be it. And we can lead with it, or you can just edit, edit it in later. Go, man, go. Has there has there been a moment or moments mm. when day drinking really and truly made sense to you? Where like you had a, where you had a moment you're like, I understand why people day drink. Oh, I've had uh, like a, a million. Uh, I would argue maybe a billion moments where I understood that. Ah. I'm just not. I'm not. I wish you know. You know. I've wished this over the years for lots of reasons, but I've never been an addictive personality. Like. I don't drink much. I've never really done drugs beyond pot, and I don't even do that. I haven't done that much in my life at all. I, I just never had that as a thing. I've always, it started as a child. Like I was afraid of losing control. So when all my friends were doing a lot of drugs, I was like, no, I can't be out of control because, you know, again, the whole bad childhood thing, I was afraid if I lost control, people would see what was really happening and how much, how horrible and how insignificant I felt. And I couldn't allow that. So, I mean, that's why I originally didn't get into drugs and alcohol was the ability, the need to sort of be on top of shit. And it just sort of evolved. Like, even when I've been the most depressed in my life, I've never really gone to drugs or alcohol. Occasionally, you know, I'll have a few glasses of wine, but that's like my extreme measure. Like three or four glasses of wine is like me going crazy. Yeah, I love it. But you do get drunk. I've seen you drunk many times. That was in my 20s. No, I've seen you drunk in your 50s. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. You oh, a couple were, times. Wait, yeah, wait, we wait. lived together. You were drunk. Stop, stop talking over me. A couple times when we lived together in 2017 and 18 at dinner with you and your wife, I had some extra wine. Yes. Yeah, I mean, drunk is a relative term. I wasn't drunk, drunk. I just had. I was tipsy, yeah. as my dad used to say. Yes, you weren't falling. You weren't falling down. I've drunk. never fallen ever, and when I've been drinking, ever. 
I've never fallen when I've been drinking. Okay, so day drinking. Of course I understand day drinking. I wish I could be a day drinker. I would have gotten through times with a lot more numbing than the reality of my experience in life. But here's the thing. I want to show you a picture. This is for a new segment we've started in season two called Alive, Dead, or Better, Just Forgotten. (laughs) I love that. Okay. I want to show you a picture, and I know this is an audio medium, so for our listeners who you won't see the picture, obviously, but you'll see it on social media and you'll understand after. I'm going to show Joshua a picture now of a what I would call a celebrity, and I use that term loosely, and he has five seconds, five seconds, Joshua. So this is not like a contemplating, taking, to, to tell, it to say who, To say who it is? To say who it is, and then to decide if they're better, if they are currently alive, oh. dead, or just better, just forgotten. All right? Okay. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> He's so excited, folks. I can, look, the, the juice is spewing out of his eyes are unbelievable. The juice is spewing out of my eyes? Yeah. That reminds me of a that's bacon the, That's commercial. the excitement juice? Yeah, it's the, it's the bacon juice. It reminds me of a bacon commercial from the 80s, but I don't want to get into that. All right, I'm going to show you this wait, picture. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm not ready. Before you show me the picture, okay. do we need to have a conversation about whether or not anyone is really better off forgotten? No, we don't need to have that conversation because this is a talk show of sorts and for entertainment purposes. And so we can decide. All right. So so I'm going to go with dead or better off dead and maybe, maybe better off forgotten. But Or, for, or, right, or alive. It. The third choice is alive. Don't forget. It's not just dead or better off dead, but also potentially alive. Oh, well, be- be- well, better off dead would mean that you are alive. But be- Oh, so you're saying alive would be alive and it's fine that they're alive. I said alive. De- I said alive, dead, or better, just forgotten. You got into a whole conversation of trying to deconstruct or reconstruct my consec- my construction. So can we just accept my construction and move on? <laughs> sure, go for it. All right. Oh, now my phone went out when I was going to show you the picture. Hold on, I got to enter the code. God damn it! All right, ready? Here we go. All right. I'm putting the picture up to the camera because we're a thousand miles away. Do you know who that is? I do. One. Rodney Rodney Allen Rippey. Oh, my God. You got it before one. I can't believe that you got that. That's impressive. Now, for the viewers out there who have no idea who Rodney Allen Rippey is, because one, they can't see the picture, and two, they've never heard that name. And I can't, I'm stunned, by the way, and kind of joyful that you knew who that was immediately and it brought a smile to your face. Tell us your memories of Rodney Allen Rippey and who Rodney you remember that person to uh, be. Adorable kid who did uh, burger commercials. Now the question is: Was it Burger King? Do not tell me, Rodney Allen Rippy. I think he. I think he did Burger King. I don't think he. I don't think. Oh, he did McDonald's. He didn't. Mm-hmm. No, you're wrong. You're wrong so far. There are other oh. fast food burger chains. Well, Wendy's, but that was before Wendy's. Nope. No, no, that no, was, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, it was. I'm saying it was before Wendy's. Oh, Jack in the Box. Yes, yes, it was Jack he was in the, the Box. Little kid from Jack in the Box. He was, and he was incredibly cute. Hi, haven't I seen you on TV before? Yeah. What's your name? Rodney. Rodney what? Rodney Allen Rippy. What's that in front of you? John Jack. A jumbo jack? From Jack in the Box. Did you ever get a bite out of it? It's too big to eat. Uh, my guess is he's dead. <laughs> and why? Just why do you, Why is your guess that he's dead? Because a lot of child actors have died. Well, that- the, the story that I am making up about him is that he, uh, he rose to fame quickly as the cutest child in America. Right. After that, had high hopes of uh, stardom and celebrity and Correct. fame, did not get it, faded into obscurity and <laughs> and substance use, 
uh, tried uh, owning a car lot, which failed, went into bankruptcy, became destitute, and eventually uh, succumbed to, uh, you know, whatever, varying ailments. Yeah. So that is the, that is the stereotypical notion of the ch- 70s child actor, right? Mm. That is the, the arc of the child, the 70s child actor, as we've under, come to understand it, correct? Yeah. You, yeah, 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 more or less, yeah. Okay, before I tell you whether he's alive, dead, or better, just forgotten, let me ask you one more question about young Rodney Allen Rippey, mm-hmm. the cutest kid in the world, who said something, if I remember, like, it's so big, he says about the hamburger. Mm-hmm. His, his famous line was something like, it's too big, or too Some, big to eat, or something. something. God anyway, damn, he was so cute. Oh, my God. What he was film, cute. what film... Did Rodney Allen Rippey make his film debut in in 1974? Well, it was his first film, Wait. and it was also his last film. Let me say this. It was uncredited, by the way, so you won't yeah. find him in the credits of this film. Yeah. In Do you 19- know what it is? Yeah. He uh, was in Enter the Dragon. <laughs> no, it's a good guess, though. Although, <laughs> I don't know what a, a little African-American boy from America would be doing in Enter the Dragon. What do you thought Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in Enter the Dragon? He was a big adult man and very famous, by the way. He was not All a right. small little child. All but right. anyway, I digress. Okay, it was not Enter the Dragon. It was a Mel Brooks film. Okay. 1974. And uh, he played he yeah. played in a flashback scene a young oh, oh he oh he played did he did he play no kidding he he played a young um uh, I want to say Cleavon Little but um, that's correct Cleavon Little young Cleavon Little the sheriff yeah he played a young Cleavon Little in Blazing Saddles yeah and that way when they're in the wagon the, the yeah and yeah they're going across country yeah and then he goes Lazum yeah. Gain when he yeah. get, what, do you remember that do you yeah know what, of do you know what Lazum Gain means in I don't English? know what it means but I remember the word because I say it all the time what does oh, it mean really Lazum Gain means means let him go. Oh, there you go. Excellent. In Who Yiddish. Knew? Yeah, they're surrounded by all those Native Americans. Mel Brooks is the chief, I think, wearing a huge headdress in what, what now would be thought very of as racist. incredibly racist, but at the time was in very- the 70s, f- no problem. But, it, I mean, but it's a funny idea that the chief then is speaking Yiddish. I mean, that's a funny idea. Yes, of course it is. And, um, and Blazing Saddles is a very funny movie for its time. I'm very, sure if we watch it now and deconstruct it, we go, ooh, we cringe at a few points. Yeah, very, very funny. But yeah, very so all funny. these Native Americans surround this covered wagon with this black family. And the chief realizes that they're black and he says, let them go. Right. Uh, but the thing with Rodney Allen Rip is he played the little, the son, the little child who was the, grew up to be the sheriff, Cleveland Little, in the wow. film. Yeah. I did Isn't not. That, wild? That. that is wild. So, what, now, so, so now, what did happen to Rodney Allen Rip? By the way, that didn't happen to, uh, th- that is a sort of a stereotype, but not all child actors from the 70s. No, no. But but there were there were a couple of child actors who fate. got into drugs and got into trouble. Uh, there was a young woman whose name I can't remember, and there was a young boy whose name I can't remember. As a, you know, women and boys and men. Yeah. What's his name? Rick. Rick, Ricky, uh, Ricky Schroeder, Schroeder did not. Who, that did who is not now happen. a big contributor to uh, uh, insurrectionists and uh, causes. I remember he contributed. Seriously? He contributed to the bail for that that white kid who shot and killed two people. Wow! Over last summer in Kenosha. Wow. So you know what's what's I what's weird about that, and I wonder yeah. if it's a, if it's just purely coincidence. So he was in the champ with he he was in the champ with John Voight, if you remember. And John Voight, yes. of course, is a yes. massive Republican guy. wingnut. Yeah, that's, that's correct. That's a little weird that Ricky Schroeder maybe and, and John Voight, I wonder if John Voight had some kind of was undue influence on him. Indoctrinated, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, maybe he did. 
So Rodney Allen Rippey went on to do a couple of other. He did some TV guest spots. He did some like Mannix and those kinds of things. Manics. And he did. Uh, he started a marketing firm in 2000 called the uh, Rippey. I think it was Rippey Marketing Group, named after himself. Um, and he is now 52 years old, still alive, living in mm. Long Beach, apparently, California. And uh, there you go, Rodney Allen Rippey, alive. Is it you alive? Any, are there any current? Are there any current pictures of him? Yes, yeah, so he has a website. I think it's RodneyAllenRippey.com. Pretty is much. Is he still and, adorable as an adult? He has. A, he has a. I would say this. He has a boyish face. Yeah, he still yeah. has that boyish oh face God, in his fifties. Yeah, he's arguably the cutest kid ever on TV. He was uh, an iconic child uh, commercial actor of the seventies. All right, Joshua is back. Uh, you don't know that he just went away, but he's back. Uh, <laughs> and better than ever, by the way. Apparently, he went on a like just a bit of day drinking, and now he's back um, from the previous conversation. Okay, so that is Alive, Dead, or Better, Just Forgotten. Excellent. Now we have uh, today's topic for the podcast is experts, gurus, and influencers. And you know what made me think of this topic is I was... Uh, I get a bunch of emails from a bunch of different things I've signed up for, Medium, different writing magazines, etc. And I'm constantly getting these emails that say, this is how you're supposed to do fill in the blank. This is the right way to make a house. This is the right way to be in a relationship. These are the five things you cannot do if you want to be in love. You know what I'm saying? Do you, do you, are you on top of this with me? I know exactly what you're talking about, and I, it, I hate it. Right, because you and I come out of a tradition where expert knowledge is questioned, is is to be is subject to questioning and and not just blind acceptance. On the other hand, we also live in a world today where expert knowledge has become demonized to a to a dangerous extent in our politics. One could argue, right? Yeah, there's a great quote I read in researching for this uh, podcast today, and I'm going to read it to you, and I want to get your thoughts on it. It says this: While the democratization of knowledge is great. It is threatened by the strange insistence that every opinion has equal weight, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that yeah, that's a that's a great quote Isn't because it? yeah, it is because I think rightly, you know, many of us want to give everyone a voice. That's and, right, and, and want voice. to be, and want to be curious about other people's experiences. Absolutely. And, I agree with that. you know, and I think there are people whose voice, you know, based on things they have said in the past, right? So if somebody's, for example, uh, a flat earther, yes. uh, I don't think their voice counts as much in a uh, conversation about, let's say, you know, the shape of the earth, space travel, <laughs> space, tra yeah, yeah, you know, space, yeah. Explor space exploration and, right. and, and life on earth. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so this is part of the, the, the problem, really, right? Because we're constantly bombarded now by, this notion, by these experts, these gurus, these influencers, which is a new term in the, in the language in the last couple of years, influencers, right? Mm -hmm. yep. and, and so there's a lot, of, a lot of knowledge being put out there by just anybody that suggests this is an expert. This is what you should be doing. You, you, should, you should compare yourself to this knowledge. And if you're not living up to it, there's something wrong with you. You're not doing it the right way. That's, the, that's to me, is the, is the frustration I feel. Is I get these things all the time that say, these are the three things you have to do to be in a healthy relationship. Or these are the three things you must do if you're going to be successful in 
business or whatever the thing. And and that sort of narrowing of the notion of what's meaningful mm-hmm. and and sort of, and pushing everybody into the same sort of cookie cutter idea is if we all do these three things, we're all going to be happy, successful, brilliant, amazing, fantastic. This just drives me fucking nuts. Yeah, it makes me crazy as well. I, I sometimes click on them because I'm curious, like what could you possibly have to say mm-hmm. that you think is going to apply to everyone? And and nine times out of nine, it's just some kind of pablum platitude nonsense. Right. And it's not to say like we can all sort of agree like what's it, you should you be in a healthy relationship? You should listen. You should be communicative. You should be curious. Right. There, there are some basic ideas that you can package up into any yeah. kind of pablum marketing bullshit and suggest like everybody should do this. And like, yeah, that makes sense. But the problem is, right, like you just said, is like everybody's living unique experience. We have similarities. We, we have nuance. We have specific. We have uniqueness in our experience that all these kind of general prescriptions don't take into account. Yeah. You know what similarity isn't? Sameness, correct. <laughs> that's that's why you know Josh is mocking me now. But that's I'm my not, no, I'm not mocking you. No, no, I didn't mean mocking. Mocking was the wrong word. Just making light of in an amusing way. Do you know? I try um, to. Uh, I, that's something I try to teach Dahlia. I, I to make I, fun I, of people in an amusing I, way. No, I repeat that to her all the time. Similarity is not sameness. Yeah, it really is the best. Uh, it really is one of the best things I learned in graduate school. You know, when you think of people, right? Because we all do have similar experience. We all live in the same world. So there is a lot of similarity to our experience, but because of our unique experience, because of our particular uncle or cousin or family or the way we saw the time and the moment, you know, the context, which is everything, the context of our lives, similarity is not the same. And we, we risk losing ourselves or losing a sense of meaning when we just assume we take on this sameness yeah. and not looking at our own unique experience. This happens yeah. all the time. Well, I do think that eating more blueberries is something that almost everybody ought to do. Though. Yeah. Unless, sense. unless you're Violet, what the fuck was her name from Willy Wonka? Gloop? <laughs> Scoopy? Well, I can't remember her name now. <laughs> Violet, you're turning Violet. What was I can't remember her last name. Yeah. I, it's a great it, line though from film history. It's like, Violet, Louis, you're I think this Violet, is the beginning yeah. of a beautiful relationship. And Violet, Violet you're, you're turning, turning Violet. Violet. Yeah. Good line. No, that I, was I that was the guy's name. Some, some Augustus Gloop. Augustus Gloop. Yeah, Augustus that, was, that was not her. That was wasn't she, Augustus's father the one who, in response to the question, "What do you do for a living, sir?" He says, "Nuts." <laughs> Just <laughs> Mariana and I used to laugh for some reason. That word said in that way by that actor yeah. at that time made us laugh hysterically when Mariana was little. I don't know why. Well, that's funny. But anyway, so the influencers, uh, so gurus and experts. But, but this, one- but at the same time, sorry, at the same time, you know, like we have a friend who went to a Tony Robbins uh, like weekend or something. Mm-hmm. I know you're talking about. And, you know, according to him, like it was, it was transformational and, uh, you know, great. Good for him. I mean, if, if that, if what Tony Robbins has to share with you is transformational, you know, if it's, if it's valuable to you, then great. I just don't believe that anything that someone says is right for everybody. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's certain, in terms of expertness, expert knowledge, right? This this idea now with the internet and with with everybody having an opinion. You know, in the old days, back in the seventies when we were kids, if you wanted to give a comment to like a newspaper article to an editorial, you had to write a response, and then that was reviewed by a group of editors. And then if it passed a certain muster and a level of decency, it was then put in the newspaper. But today, because of the comment section on every site, 
anybody can say anything about anything without any vetting process at all. And the danger again becomes like all ideas become equal. And I agree completely that everybody has should have a voice and everybody should be heard, but not all, all ideas have the same weight because there is something about, for example, in the example Joshua always uses in therapy is like an airline pilot. So if everybody is the same level of expert, just if you walked on an airplane and they said, today we're doing a lottery. And so the man in seat 7A, come on down, you're flying the plane. <laughs> like that would freak most people out. Right. Am I wrong? No. Am I right? You are correct. I think it was my grandfather used to say this all the time. Am I right or wrong? Am I right? Am I right or wrong? Am I right? I think it was Mitch, my mother's father, who I didn't know very well, and I don't think you ever met. I never met Mitch. I don't even know if I've ever even heard the the word Mitch come out of your mouth. Yeah, you know, it's funny because he was he was a bit of an eccentric, and he uh, he had six wives. So there's that. And he uh, he was at at some points in his life, the stories I heard when I was younger, he was a professional gambler. He sold aluminum siding. He was many things. He lived in a big house on in the Palisades on Sunset, uh, and he drove a Rolls, and nobody ever understood how he made his money. Because I'm guessing there was some criminality involved. I could be wrong, but that's the sense I got as a kid. But uh, anyway, I totally forgot. Why did I bring him up? What, I, what the hell were we talking about? It's that day drinking problem. Damn it. Expertise. Expertise. I'm reading uh, Jonathan Ferris's book right now, which I, I highly recommend to, to people who, who like to read. To Rise Again at a Decent Hour. John uh, recommended that book. John Ali. John Ali. The, the famous he's, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's Yeah, he's kind of my, my, my go-to for mm -hmm. book references. And he was talking about, he said, romantically, I don't do anything that doesn't involve fever. Oh shit! Oh, wait. John no, Ali said no, this, or Jonathan Ferris? No, no, Jonathan okay. Ferris. And now I've now I've now I've I've blocked it. Is John out. Ali also fever something else? And 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 incarceration. John Ali was That's incarcerated. What, what did you say? No, no, never mind. I've <laughs> fucked it up. I've completely lost the thread of what we were talking about. Something about John Ali going to prison. And there being a lot of love there. I think that's where we were going, but I, I'm not sure what happened now. Anyway, does John Ellie's, can you it. still buy John Ellie's albums at johnellie.com? Anyway, I think you can. I'm not sure. But if you want to hear a, a very uh, wonderful composer, thoughtful man, go to johnellie.com and, and buy some of his work. I think it's, jo I think it's jo Johnny. Well, we should Johnny find out, goddammit, so we're not sending people to the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Google John Ellie, songwriter at Los Angeles. I'm not sure what else. What was the name of uh, some of a recent thing he's done so we can promo the hell out of it? Oh, well, he did a wonderful, uh, just I think his best work, a collection of songs that are uh, taken from uh, music in, or lyrics in Shakespeare. And what's it called? Uh, it's called Bardfly. Bard so Google John Ellie and Bardfly. Yeah. You'll find some shit. It'll be brilliant. He's a genius. We, we've all met John Ellie in high school. He walked into the musical theater. This is such a hilarious story. 35 years later, 40 years later, he walked into our musical theater class. New kid. He moved from New York. We didn't know him. He walked in and we're, you know, we were all kind of cocky. I mean, Josh and I weren't cocky about music. We didn't really sing, but we were cocky theater kids. And John Ellie walks in. He gets onto our little stage in what was called the little theater where we went to high school. And he sings uh, uh, You're Rocking the Boat uh, from, uh, what the hell is that from? Yeah. Guys, guys and Dolls. And, dolls. and he's, he's like, he sings there and and everybody in the audience, all of us 16, 17, 18 year old kids, where when he finishes the song, there's a moment where we all just look at each other and think, holy shit. Oh, fuck. We have to leave. <laughs> we, we just have to fucking leave. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, right. 
Well, right. There goes my chance. Yeah. That was basically, that was one of those moments of like, he's handsome. He's talented. He can sing like a dream. He's nice. I hate he, him. Yeah. He, sang, he <laughs> sang at such a level. I mean, he had a voice, he literally like a Broadway uh, star. Yeah. Oh was, my God. I remember it, was, it being it was a terrifying amazing. moment. I was already, you know, I didn't sing. I, I did everything in that class to use my sort of cockiness and my closeness with the teachers to avoid actually performing. <laughs> that was one of those things where like, you know, like you just, I, it's similar to like, I had to take zero mod jogging, which in our school was the mod before cla- our, our, it was broken yeah, up in yeah. eight periods called mods, too, yeah. and there was a zero mod, which was before school started. And because I failed PE, and you want to know how I failed PE? It was a self-defense class I took in PE, and the woman who taught the class was not very nice, and she made everybody run three miles at the beginning of each class. Now, here's the thing. I don't run. I don't like to run. I don't have the... Uh, the uh, inner fortitude for running. I don't know how to describe it. I didn't run. So I basically told her, I can't run. I, I don't run. And so she failed me. So I had to. Re- she said, you know, this is a it running. Was a, class. It was a, it was a self-defense class. That's why I took it to get oh. out of run running. And she made us run. And so the next semester I had to take two PE classes to make up. And there was a class called zero mod jogging. Now you would say to your, that's what I took. Can I, took I tell that. my story also. You yes. would say to yourself, Kenny, you just told us how you don't run. Why would you take a class that was called zero mod jogging? It was only running. There was nothing else to it. And here's the reason. Because there was a time in my life, and Joshua will verify this, when I felt I could talk my way out of anything. <laughs> anything. And so I started that class on the first day. And this is a, what I'm about to tell you is a true story. I'm not making this up. And we're not going to laugh or talk about it any further. But the name of the coach who taught that class was Coach Dyke. Remember him? <laughs> He was a professional basketball player for a couple of years in the San Diego team in like the 70s. Anyway, he was the nicest man, much nicer than the woman who, who taught the course the previous semester, whose name I don't remember. Anyway, Coach Dyke was a nice man. So when that class started at 730 in the mornings, I walked with Coach Dyke and told him stories. And he let me just engage him and amuse him because he thought I was amusing, thank God. And so I never ran a lick in that class. In the running class, I never ran. <laughs> but I told Coach like stories and he passed. That's a great story. Those were the days, my friend. Those were the days. That's a, that's a great that's a good story. story. Coach Tyke, nicest man in the world. Don't know what happened to him. Yeah, it's almost as good as my failing every test I took in uh, paleontology and passing. That was the, the one with the, the shingles? Chicken I thought pox. you had shingles. Why do uh, I always tell pox. that story with shingles? You know why? Because as an adult, you're supposed to get shingles. Yeah, but I was I was in co- I was in college, and I hadn't even. Had, you can only get shingles if you've had the it's chicken point. pox. It's a good point you make, but I just assumed that every child of our generation had gotten the chicken pox. I had not. That's why it was so bad. Yeah, but you were able to fail a class, fail, and still get passed to get a degree from the University of California at Berkeley. By the way, to get a degree Correct. without actually passing the class, there were only two requirements. It was, it was there was a midterm and a final. I failed yeah, both brilliant. of them and I, I never went to class and to that class yeah. and then i wanted to take a take-home test and she <laughs> wouldn't let me take home test. a take-home <laughs> final take-home final she didn't she didn't believe of that i had chicken not. pox so I, sh- I i showed up on the 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 day after i was no longer quarantined i showed up and i hadn't bathed in like mm-hmm. you know brilliant. 10 days my face was covered in Gross. scabs Disgusting. yeah i looked like something i had been kept in the like in the in the uh, the hull of a pirate ship <laughs> yes for, for you know for like the last I think we've all days. been there and 
I, you could see how shocked Shock. she was when she saw me. Anyway, I, I took the file and she, I, she was grading it in front of me and she said, you didn't do well. You failed, but I'm going to pass you because you've had such a now, hard time. Let me say this. And that was it. And that is how I Sometimes life yeah. gives you lemons and sometimes it gives you rutabagas. And here's the thing about that. That may have been the best thing that ever happened to you to that point in your life for multiple reasons. Yes, you passed and got your college degree from Berkeley. But two, as I recall, and tell me if I'm recalling this correctly, my memory is that you were dreading graduation because your parents would have had to have been in the same room. And because of the chicken pox, it ended up your dad didn't come or you didn't have to do graduation. Wasn't there something about this? Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah, no. You, this is the first time I've even thought of that. See, this is this is a great thing about having, you know, friends who end up being chroniclers of your yes. of your life. In, in, you know, mm -hmm. in, in for, for the parts of your life that you don't right. remember or aren't aren't keeping track of. Because I don't remember that, but now that you say it, I do remember that I was really worried about that. And yeah, so then they didn't come up. My sister ended up coming up, and then we drove down together. But yeah. I, I, until you said yeah, it, I didn't it's funny how that. getting the chicken box was literally the best thing. Like I think on a psychological level, on a somatic level that you induce those chicken pox, you created those chicken pox to get out of your parents coming and you got a benefit of graduating from a class you should have failed and had to retake in summer school. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, that came from dating Julie Garrison. That, that's all I that came I don't from. remember who that was, that name. So, so nice. I called her to say I had mono. I said, I've got um, some bad news. I have mm -hmm. mono. She said, I have some bad news. I have chicken pox. And two days That's later, right. I do remember that. I was incredibly sick and she never got mono and she barely got any kind of chicken pox. And, she and, and, and I as I recall, she never spoke to you again. She hated you. And never no, she didn't hate me. But you know, my, mo my mother wanted to kill that girl. <laughs> yes. Your mother often wanted to kill people. She was very, very demure in that. No, that, but that was one of the, that was the thing because my, you may recall my, I had, well, I still, I guess I do. I had just 50 some odd years old now, but my skin was, I had just Beautiful. great skin. And my mom, my mom, <laughs> she could not get over the fact that this girl she had given me a chicken pox and ruined, ruined you my for skin. life. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I know. Oh, do you want to hear something? You want to hear another funny story yes. from that what period of time? Do you remember my girlfriend? Do you remember my girlfriend senior year of Berkeley? Somebody I was head over Heather. heels with. Head Heather. over heels. No. no. What was her no. name? Alisa Oh, my Taylor. God. Loved her? her. She was beautiful. She was. So, uh, I was head excellent. over heels in love with that, yeah. with that girl. I remember. Wait, wait. Up. I remember the house she lived in. Well, don't you remember? We had. We all had. Uh, that New was Year's a city restaurant that, with Steven. Yeah. And we went back yeah, to my apartment all, and you all... and her went into my bedroom and had sex while Steven and I stayed in the living room and watched TV. That's right. <laughs> uh, was that nice of me or not? That, is, Come on. that, that, was, that was incredibly nice of you. But but wait, so I whatever it was, years later, twenty mm -hmm. years later, this is probably like now, maybe this is twenty, uh, yeah, like ten years mm -hmm. ago or something. I found him. This is when I was still on social media. I reached out to her and I said, "Hi, are you the same Elisa mm -hmm. Tager that went to Cal Berkeley?" And she, <laughs> this is what I get back from her. Yes. Do I know you? <laughs> did you tell her your name, or was it just a random message? No, no, I did. It says my name on the in the in the. It says mm -hmm. a picture of me and my name when you send someone a message yeah, on Facebook. It has a picture of you and your name. And she goes, "Yes, yeah. Do I do I know you?" I'm like, "Yeah, I was in love with you <laughs> when we were in Berkeley together." No Are you memory. serious? That actually that was, happened. Yes, yes. It was soul did you crushing. Ask her if you remembered me? Yes, I did. <laughs> 
Because I thought we had a moment just as you were having sex and I walked in on you by accident once and then left quickly. I don't know if you remember that bit. But um, and I and I, I do not I'm not going to say it out loud, but I remember the act you were performing at the mo- at that time, and it was it was beautiful to see. But uh, I was how old were you? Like 22 when that happened, or 23? Oh I do remember God. it vividly. I re- Can you imagine? Do I know you? Because I, I think I had a moment with her. But anyway, that was a long time. Oh my God! Yeah, is she a yoga instructor now? Because that's what I imagine. No, I think she's a I think she's a film producer. Okay. Anyway, let's not talk about women you dated in your 20s. We'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Tell me, you know that's fair. No, that's, that's fair, fair, my fair. It's fair. I was married in my twenties. I dated one woman basically in my entire twenties. You had sex with your wife in bed with in Berkeley. Me I remember that too. In Berkeley, on the north in that side loft of Berkeley, thing, in that up I, the bed, you had to walk up the stairs to go. Yes, yes, yeah, and I just. Trying to pretend it just wasn't yeah. happening. That it was, just... I think, that was the most intimate you and I had ever been at that point. And that yes. was enough, by the way. That was enough intimacy. It was more than enough. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was very, I was so attracted to my wife at the, or girlfriend at the time. I mean, she to me was beautiful and perfect physically. And uh, yeah, I just, I wanted to, I never wanted to not be touching her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If if only she liked that. <laughs> yeah, she never liked me, my ex-wife. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But uh, but yeah, she was so cute. Oh my god. Yeah, I remember having sex in that bed and climbing up that ladder. That was the kind of thing that we could have fallen off and died. It was that high up. And remember that little back house thing you lived in? That thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the north side, it was so cool. Yeah. So back to gurus, influ- so influencers, which I, I, it's just such a ridiculous concept. Uh, and you know, uh, I was just talking actually to my friend Anna, the uh huh. I know Russia. the princess of. Uh, I am the princess of, of, of yeah, Kiev. Yeah. She, she was apparently watching us, uh, some kind of a documentary on mm-hmm. influencers and how the, all of this shit is completely fabricated. I'm sure some of the people who are listening will have seen this thing too. I haven't seen it. It might be on HBO, but it's just so much of it is, is just completely fabricated. What's well, not marketing. Um, um, yeah. But apparent, but she said this funny thing, like where people take a toilet seat and and look through it, and if you could shoot it from the right angle, it looks like you're looking out the plane, uh, the window of a plane, and you just put a backdrop yeah. in the other. I side always of the think of that when I'm in the toilet. I think about the being on a plane. That's the first thing that comes to mind. But when you're in yes, the toilet, when I bathe in the toilet, you know, I've, financially things have been hard for me the last few years, so I, I've been bathing in the toilet. Here's the thing about influencers. Okay, so when we think of influencers, yeah. at least when I think of it, I think of Instagram. Yeah. That's the first thing that comes to mind because Instagram sure. is sort of the influencer yeah. hub. Okay, so now I look through mm-hmm. the hundred most, uh, most subscribed, most followers on, or the fifty most, the people who have the most uh, subscribers on Instagram. Okay, so just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. do you know who the fiftieth is? You don't, obviously. Take a guess. You, 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 you. it's you. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is at number fifty. He's got fifty-five million followers, and you know who number one is? This is going to surprise you. Yeah, on it's Instagram? not one of the Jenners or the the Kardashians, although you'd think it might be. Okay, all right, who all right, it's who is a it? guy who is a footballer named cristiano ronaldo he's a soccer player he's oh, the most uh-huh. famous footballer in the yeah, world i know, I know. Yeah, he's got yeah. 266 million followers wow well but that, that doesn't makes surprise sense, right? me given how popular soccer is and right. how huge okay that so th- is. so uh, the thing about influencers are right so this is interesting like when we think of experts when i, I should say when i think of experts right i think of people who who are who are knowledgeable who are 
schooled in many ways in a particular area of expertise, a scientist or a politician Mm -hmm. or somebody who's been doing what they do for a long time and has become amazing at it, whether that's a thinker or, or a philosopher or a business person, whatever, right? I mean, that's to me, when I think of knowledge and expert knowledge, I think of that. Like I'm looking through this list right now. I'm going through it and I'm going through the list of influencers on Instagram. You're conflating, you are, you are conflating influencers. Well, that's, but this is, this is part of my point, actually. I think that in the world we live in today, the no influencers are considered experts. I think there's that distinction has been lost. This is, you just made the point I was trying to make is that we used to think of experts as people who were knowledgeable and who had built a years of gaining knowledge of study, of learning, of becoming an expert. That was the def by definition, right? That was what an expert meant. I think today we think of an expert as somebody who is most, has the most followers. And that's who we listen. That's who people listen to. Do you agree with that or disagree? I I, I mostly agree. I, and and to to your earlier point, and this is such a strange thing, right? There is a a growing distrust of expert yeah. knowledge, and yet simultaneous growing attention paid to people that we call influencers. Exactly, which makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Right. It's, it's very confusing and in the list of influencers in the list of the 50 most popular instagram folk there is everybody is either an actor a sports person a musician football club musician actor musician nike sportswear brand 16th 136 followers uh musician footballer but here's the funny one 136 followers that's pretty low here's here's the outlier for me in the top 50, where you go from people like Snoop Dogg at 50 mm-hmm. to Vin Diesel at 38, Victoria's Secret mm-hmm. brand is at 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Betty wait, White. Le- LeBron James, 31, right? Demi Lovato, 24. Nicki Minaj, 18. Kendall Jenner, 12. Kylie Jenner, 5, right? 218 million followers, Kylie Jenner. But who do you think is at number 11? This is the one to me. Betty White. This is the one. It's like. Betty White. It's not Betty White. Can is I that finish? what you're telling me? The one to me. You just asked me a question. <laughs> Let, it's not Betty finish. White. You said, who is the it? The one to me who stands, okay. although remind me, and when I finish this point, I have a Betty White story that I want to bring up that connects directly to you. One degree of separation. Okay. Or no degrees of separation. Anyway, who's at number 11 of the 50 most popular, most followers on Instagram? Um, number 11 with 154 million followers i know i know who it is rodney allen rippy national geographic yeah what isn't that think about that take that in for a minute yeah kylie jenner kendall by the way kelly minaj let me make this point at number 10 just beneath 11 justin bieber and at number 12 is kendall jenner and in between justin bieber and kendall jenner is national geographic what do you make of that yeah that's very bizarre david i think it's david attenborough (laughs) I think it's his influence. People love him. He is an international treasure. Uh, I think he's skewing it. If I walk yeah. down the street in any city in America and I ask- well, Not David Attenborough, yeah. Richard Attenborough. If I asked a right? hundred people, a hundred, who Richard Attenborough or David Attenborough for that matter, I bet you not five people would know what I was talking about. I bet you. Not five. You bet not five people would know who Richard Attenborough is or not. No, not, no, not, not Richard Attenborough, but national geographic is just interesting to me that within all of the, I I think that probably speaks to the images, right? That the, the very famous pictures from national geographic of, of animals and places around the world. There's something that's universal about that in some level. 
But mm. I just thought that was so yeah. interesting about the Justin Bieber's and the Jenner's and the Kardashians That's and the Miley Cyrus's. Very strange. There are only three people in that, or actually four, I think, in that first fifty that aren't peep that aren't famous people, right? Their brands like Nike is in there, Victoria's Secret is in there. That speaks for itself, obviously. And uh, and National Geographic, though, is the highest on the list that's not a famous person. I just thought that was fascinating. Okay, so let's switch. But you know who? You know what? You know what would not surprise? Uh, what would me? not surprise you? What would not not surprise you? No, no, not 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 surprise me. <laughs> I love when people use not, "not" and "not" in the same sentence next to each other. Just one of my favorite groupings of words. Go on. Yeah. What would um, not surprise you? Help me. I'm just I'm just blanking on his name for a second. Uh, the, the very famous, like uh, you know, astrophysicist Steve from um, the office. Not Steve. Very Carell. famous astrophysicist, uh, Carl Sagan. Uh, no, more more contemporary. Oh, the, um, the Neil uh, deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, Neil deGrasse. It would not. That guy is hugely well, popular. It would not surprise me if he were on the list. Here's the interesting. He well. is much more in the modern world. I bet you. I don't see him on this list, but I bet you he has a very strong Twitter or Instagram following because. He he uses yeah. media very well. He is he is even though he's not young, he's not in his twenties or thirties. I'm sure he's old. He's older. He's probably in his forties or fifties, is my guess. But he is he uses social media very well. So I think you're right. But you know it's interesting. So we think of Instagram as kind of the the influencer thing. We go when we go to Twitter, that shifts right. Twitter has a different reputation and a different sort of subset of influence and expert. It's not the kind of Jenners, the Kardashians. Because uh, the number one account on Twitter with 129 million followers, guess Bar Barack, Barack Obama. Obama. That's correct. And yeah. here, who's yeah. number two in Twitter? Mm, well, we go back. Know. Michelle, Michelle, no, Michelle now it's Obama. Justin Bieber. So now we go back to the other way of thinking. Oh, wait, Justin Bieber's number two. 113 on million followers on Twitter. Isn't that crazy? What yeah, does he say? I don't crazy. follow him on Twitter. What the fuck is Justin Bieber saying that 113 million people are following that dude on Twitter? I don't know. And but then but you know it's funny. Barack Obama's first, but then you go down the list and it's Bieber, Katy Perry, Rihanna, Cristiano Ronaldo again, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga. Kim Kardashian, it's all celebrities again. Bill Gates actually is 19. Mm. He He's one of the few, and Elon Musk is 26, but it's yeah. all celebrities again. I, I actually think, I think Taylor Swift is is a pretty cool do person. You? What do you know do. of Taylor Swift? Yeah. That's um, I, I, think she, I think she has a lot of integrity. Uh, uh, she, you know, that she's re recording most of her albums because she wants she does not approve of the way her music is being used and the the, the kind of power that record companies that? have she over she doesn't her own music. the masters of the original record she can record them and just i didn't know you that well that that's why she is because she doesn't i'm own saying the i didn't know so that you is, could do that yeah so she's re-recording her music like and, and yeah she, that's, that's my point one. she's re-recording her music to make new masters that she will own. And she's basically saying, if you want to listen to this music, I'm urging you to listen to the music that I re-recorded and own the masters yeah. to. No, I think that's cool. Um, because the music, because the, the, the profit sharing uh, is right. so. The record industry has always been corrupt and, and yeah. tilted toward the power, the money, the owners, mm -hmm. which is the problem from so many of those fifties and sixties recordings. Those incredible right. singer songwriters never made any money. Well, my mom, my mom made almost no money. Her song continued to be played until the day she was, till the day she died. The wayward wind. Yeah, she never made any money off that. Was who was who was the actress? Oh, Zoe Deschanel. Didn't she do a cover of the Wayward Wind? She did. She so she did these things. I don't know if she's still doing them. Where she would sit at her huh? desk, yeah. basically, or vanity. For yes. all I know, I don't know. Just and just. 
at her laptop and she would just yeah. cover songs. And she did, um, she covered The Wayward Wind. I, I, I tried to write to her. I don't, I just like sent an email on her She's website. I'm sure she, I'm sure she just has a, a person, uh, an assistant. And a, who you got to get her people. Her people are very seriously. But anyway, I said, hey, my mom's Gogi Grant, and she just listened to this recording, mm-hmm. and I remember. She, really, she really loved it, and, you know, I, she wants to be able to say, to tell Zoe how much she liked it, and I, I never got anything back. But, um, but a funny, funny story about mm-hmm. my mom, you may remember this story. You know, my mom's listening. You actually have to kind of see my see the the face to go along with the it. Face but of your mother. I, I'll give my I, I'll give her my best shot. She's listening. She's smiling and she's nodding at me and she's saying she's good. She's really good. She's better than I am. Better. And then she gets to another point and she goes <laughs> flat. Do that again. That last bit. She does what? <laughs> flat. flat. I love that. Ah, so your mother. But you know, your mother was the, like the sweetest person in the world. It's so it's so amusing. I uh, I love that. I love that. I, I we may have mentioned this once before, but I also love the memory I have is when we were in our teens and we started to swear in front of your mother at some point. And your mother was the queen of manners and decorum and she, you know everything. So much of what I learned about saying thank you and please and just being kind to people came from your mother in those ways. Um, but when mm-hmm. we started to swear in front of your mother openly, and then she started to accept it, it I remember the yeah. shift. That was so funny. Yeah, yeah, she did. She did. She shifted herself. She did. Too. I remember my, remember my mom at some point like, "I'm so fucking mad," <laughs> and it it was similar or analogous to like what when a three year old says like "fuck." That's what it felt like when your mother mm-hmm. would say it, whatever age right. she was. But uh, very amusing. All right, so here we have another new segment we're introducing called What's Your Podcast Name? Now, this is similar to when we were kids and people would say, what's your porn name? And they would do like your, oh, your the street you grew up on or I can't even remember what the thing was. This was very big. Yeah, like the name of your first pet and the street right, you grew so up on. So the podcast on. name is the name of your first dog. And so if you didn't have a dog, you can't play the game. So fuck you. Um, and the last name... You didn't have a dog. So I did have play. one dog. Don't you remember what I... T- me telling you the story when my mother we had a dog in that apartment before i met you on olympic for like three months and we couldn't keep it because the apartment the dog just couldn't handle living in the apartment and block oh, it out it's op- it's opposite blocking out you block out my one positive dog story because that with your narrative <laughs> about me and dog okay <laughs> so this is the right. thing so you have to go with the, the name of your first dog and then that's your first mm-hmm. name and your podcast name and then the second part is the last name of your first best friend so what was the name of your first dog, Josh? Yael. And what was the f- last name of your first best friend? Yael Gaynor. That's your podcast name from now on. Yael Gaynor. It's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. How do you spell Yael in this in this spelling? Y-A-E-L. No hyphen? Yael. I like Yael, Yael spelled Y-A hyphen. I think it adds some sort of gravitas. For me, if you have a hyphen <laughs> okay. in your name, it's, it elevates your status. Then you have, you have, then you, but that can't be a hyphen. It has to be a hyphen. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so my my podcast name would be Pepsi Kastner. That is a good pop, pop, podcast Yeah, isn't it? Name. I like that name. Pepsi was the name of our dog, and Adam Kastner was the name of my yeah. first best friend. So Pepsi Kastner. Yeah. I actually think I'm thinking now about just changing my name to Pepsi Kastner. That is a, that is a strong yeah. name. Are you no, hearing no, a child no, in the background? I thought so. Dahlia. When in the knocking? course of human events it becomes necessary. No. Go on. Guess not. 
The only way to make the wench amends is to become her husband and her father. And What's that her from? Father, Indeed. The third. Yeah. So anyway, my podcast name is Pepsi Castner now. <laughs> and yours was what? Yael what was the last name? Kainer. Kainer. I just I just sent a text to my, my childhood best friend saying, Do you, I have no memory of any parental supervision when we when we were playing? Do you? And he said, Nope. And I said, Yeah, we would just set shit on fire and just generally run amok. And he said, yeah, it was great. You set shit on fire? <laughs> we did, yeah, man. We just—I was very into setting shit on fire. It's not a thing most people would 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 think yeah. of about me. I think, and not something necessarily to be proud of. I wasn't proud of it at all. I mean, I'm not proud of it now. That's <laughs> and so, sure. will you be telling your daughter these stories of how you would set things on fire? Oh, I might. But perhaps when she's an adult, <laughs> not when she's a kid. When when she is past the fire setting age, so what would you do now if you turned them? around and? Your daughter uh, knocked on the door behind you, walked in and said, Daddy, you need to come quickly because something's on fire in the living room. And she had taken a can of aerosol um, deodorant and a lighter and lit that thing and sprayed that shit onto like some paper mache she made. Yeah. 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 Well, the first thing I would do is I'd say, when did you, since when did you start calling me daddy? Because she doesn't call she me that. Papa. So that'd be yeah, so that how did weird. that? How did you decide on Papa? This is going the influencer thing. So how did you influence her to call you Papa? Did you call your father Papa? I don't know. When I knew no, you, you called no, him Dad, and it sounded very formal every time you said it. By the way, yeah, no, I never called my dad that. Um, I just liked it. I I wanted to be mm -hmm. called. So that was Papa. a choice you made before she was born, or after. And what she did was she born, call Jennifer? Remember, Mamo, Muma? No, and no, no. <laughs> what did she call Jennifer? Sometimes mommy and sometimes mama. Interesting. But she only calls me papa. Yeah. Uh, often I associate the word papa with a grandfather or a, even a great grandfather. And do you know what I called my dad's dad? Asshole? You did know this, but no. Judge, did not call your me. honor? <laughs> no. Pappy. <laughs> Which is like, it's like something out of, you know, fucking Mark exactly. Twain. It's like, he was so, he felt like he was too patrician to be called Zadie. He didn't, he was too I have Jewish. never heard of a Jewish kid calling their grandfather Pappy, ever, in my entire <laughs> life. That is, and that is what he wanted he to He was, called. I never met him, but all I ever heard of him, he was very stern. He was a judge, actually, right? He was a judge. And yeah, not a, yeah, not a yeah. kind in terms of engaging warm men uh, that's what you would i don't have any i don't remember have any memories of him you have no warm alone. memories of your grandfather do you remember sitting on his lap and being told stories of the great movement west <laughs> no i don't uh yeah and what's funny is that my my dad's mom i called uh -huh. booby which of course is a very yeah. traditional very sort of yiddish name for a grandmother so it was booby and pappy yeah that's very weird and booby who i did know also had a certain certain amount of formality to her in some ways, which is interesting too, because mm -hmm. she worked with kids and she she had this form and she had a very formal apartment. She had old school furniture and well, yeah. She, I mean, she came from yeah. the whole old old world, old money. Right, but it's of, interesting. But she also you know. she also worked at a camp for many years and yeah, and she was very loving, very sweet, and very, she was warm. very sweet, but also very. Yeah. She, you know, it's funny. We joke about the princess, but I. She sort of felt a little bit like like someone who came from royalty to me. Like there was a quality about her mm -hmm. that said, and and she was never obnoxious to me in any way. She was only kind and loving and sweet and funny with me actually. But there was a quality about her if you didn't know her that might have said like she's not approachable. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she did have that kind of you. You, you could you might believe that she came from yeah. royalty or something. 
Jewish was quality royalty. about her. And she was, she was always fun and funny. And, and I only knew her when she was old. She was funny. Yeah. She was good. She was, she was very spirited. She was good company. Anyway, let's get back and, and tie up this whole experts, gurus, and influencers thing. My prescription, my statement, my conclusion is we're fucked. <laughs> we're just fucked because because we, we uh, at least half the population now in our country doesn't accept anything that comes from what used to be considered knowledgeable experts, reasonable people who who have spent a lifetime studying something and try and tell us about that in a way that's helpful to our understanding. Half the country no longer accepts that as a that is a truth. That's a problem. Yeah, that is a very big problem. I mean, we're that fucked. that feels like a, a split with with reality yeah. in some ways. I feel like there's there is there is a kind of uh, like in the last four years, it's really felt like there's like a, a, a mass psychosis yeah. of some kind. It's very very That's a good strange. way to describe it. I also read just today, and we're recording this a couple of weeks before it actually goes on air. But I just read today that forty one percent of Americans are saying they will not take the vaccine for the virus. Forty one percent. That's a problem. I, I don't even know what I to know. say about that. But that comes out of this well, idea, like because, be, but but that's a higher number than the number of people who are so-called anti-vaxxers. Yeah, I think right? it's a little bit higher. But I mean, this because is like, it's more complicated. Uh, the vaccine, the anti-vaxxer crowd is one crowd, but there are a lot of people historically, like African American community, has some has very negative associations with medicine and vaccines, and experimentation, which totally reasonable. Yeah, rightly so. Rightly so, of course. But it's a problem now. I mean, that's a different. That's that's a whole other cultural aspect to the vaccine thing. But that the main bulk of the group who just don't believe in experts, who just don't think it's it's meaningful. You and I, who have worked in in, in therapeutic worlds around deconstructing expert knowledge in some ways, right, and trying to give voice to to people who don't feel they have a voice and to to take in voices that have never been had had opportunities to speak before and that everybody has a story, right? That's one aspect of it. But then we also, you and I both have a lot of respect for knowledgeable people who have studied and learned and, you know, and who, who have something to say about things that we don't know anything about that. I think we're both curious about that. Yeah. Well, I, you and I from a, from a clinical, our clinical backgrounds are invested in deconstructing expert knowledge and that doesn't mean that position does not mean there's no such thing right. as expert exactly. knowledge. There is such a thing as expert right. knowledge, right? I mean, as clinicians, anyway, like I'm not an expert on your life, and I need to hold lightly the idea of expert knowledge and say, this is what I have right. learned about this, and make sure that I am not centering myself as an expert uh, 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 about something that I'm right. not an expert Somebody's about. Experience in there, they're. Right, because because somebody is very likely to position me that right. way, because I am sitting in the chair I'm sitting right. in. That doesn't mean that I am not an expert in some things. Right, and and that expert knowledge that I'm sharing, especially in things that yeah. affect us medically, culturally, you know, meaningfully. There's there's a really important place for that, and if we live in a culture that no longer values that and only values these kind of social influencers who are all about marketing and creating a lifestyle that only exists, by the way, for them mostly, and not for the millions of people who watch them. Uh, I just think we're in a very precarious place culturally. And, uh, I don't yeah. know if we're tipping yeah. over the edge into oblivion or if there's some way back to some kind of shared understanding or values. I don't know. I'm not hopeful. I'll be honest about that. 
but but you know I, and, and that might lead me eventually to become a day drinker maybe if the end if i feel the end is nigh then perhaps the day drinking option will what what would you, what would you be day drinking just no, wine no i couldn't drink wine if i were to day drink i would i would yeah. i would day drink and this is a hybrid but i would day drink margaritas and uh, chips and guacamole that would be i would oh, have to have margaritas good. and chips and guacamole oh that's good yeah that's good I, I'm got a new recipe for a mezcal sour that I'm going to oh, make. That sounds good. Night. And just on one final note, I know you're a big in the, the the idea of making cocktails. Have you seen this new TV show that Stanley Tucci is doing on CNN about cocktails in yeah, Italy and going around Italy? Well, it's not just but about Stanley, cocktails. Stanley it's a lot Tucci, about Italy, right? Besides being, yeah, I think he acts on the side as well. I think he's been an actor, but I but I know that his main focus is cocktails. He's a big maker of cocktails. Okay. He has this whole Negroni thing. Yeah. I, I think he still acts. I think I he did some that. couple of movies in his life. He did this thing with food. Are you joking? Yeah, of course I'm joking. You're joking, right? <laughs> this is okay. humor, my friend. Timing. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Big Night is it's a, a genius. Movie. It's a brilliant movie. It's, it's, it's actually, I would describe movie. it as a beautiful two hours. It's a it beautiful. Is. It's, it's wonderful. Century. I love it. I, I, don't, I don't have enough good things to say yeah. about and it. And Stanley Tucci is, um, is such an interesting guy. As an actor, as a human, he's a very interesting guy. Someday we should just do a whole show on Stanley Tucci. Maybe we can have Stanley Tucci on. Maybe he can be our first guest. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe we could. You know who Stanley Tucci is married to? Mrs. In the world Tucci. of celebrity amusement? Do you know who John Krasinski is uh, married to? I do know who John Krasinski who? is married to. Mary yeah, Bottoms. Emily Blunt. Do you know who Emily Blunt's sister Emily is married Blunt. to? Stanley yeah. Tucci. Interesting little web of celebrity there, my friend. I'd he like is. to be at that dinner party. Uh, that would be a fun I think so. Party. Anyway. Yeah. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. I got two minutes before I'm supposed to do my taxes. Oh, that sounds like fun. All right. Uh, I'm Kenny Benjamin. I'm Joshua Beckett. <laughs> and this is Locks in the Bagel. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Locks in the Bagel is a production of Kenjamin Media, a curated series of conversations about things that matter. For more information about our podcast, please go to KenjaminMedia.com.